them to see that. Praise the Lord. Take your Bible, if you will. I'm going to just share briefly, just to kind of wrap up our evening together. Would you turn to the book of Joshua? Book of Joshua. You want to find chapter 4. You might be familiar with Joshua chapter 4. Not going to be sharing a long time. We wanted to make sure we emphasize our boys and our girls. Special thanks to all of you that work with children, not just our boys and girls groups on Wednesdays, but those of you that serve in the nursery, those of you in the preschool, Sundays, Wednesdays. Saturday nights, those of you working with our elementary kids, can we give a round of applause to all those that help with our children? We don't do child care in our church. We do ministry to children and families. Joshua chapter 4, what we find is Joshua has taken over for Moses. He's leading the millions of Israelites into the promised land. And they've come upon a a barrier that he can't get a couple of million people over called the Jordan River. God speaks to Joshua what to do. And then he tells him something very interesting that I want all of us to hear today. Not just parents. But those of you that are, have spiritual children, you know, when I was a boy, I went to an old-time Pentecostal Assembly of God church. We only sang out of the hymnal. If you sang something that wasn't out of the hymnal, it was a bad day. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You ever go to one of those? That's why I love the old hymns, I think. I love those songs. My heroes when I was a boy was not the sports stars and the movie stars. It was these two elderly guys in our church who would stand. They didn't know I was watching them. I was a little boy, and I would sit on this side, and I'm sure I caused lots of problems and talked a lot. In fact, I know I caused lots of problems and talked a lot. There were these two men that were in our church, And I would see them with their hands lifted, worshiping. And I would see tears streaming down their face as they expressed their love to God. They were my heroes. They didn't know it. But a little boy who couldn't sit still and talked a lot was watching them. And they had more impact in my life than any teacher at a school that I went to. Those men, those two men. I don't remember any sermon from when I was a kid. I don't remember one sermon, and I'm sure they were awesome. But I remember those two men who were real worshipers of the living God. They would stand, their hands uplifted. They never missed church. That's who I saw. That's who was my role models. And I would stand there and see them and wonder, one day, wonder if I'll get to be a man like that. 
That's what I wanted to be. We have Joshua. He's about to cross the Jordan River, and God spoke something clear to him that I want every parent here and every person that's with us. Maybe you're not a parent. Maybe you're a spiritual parent. Maybe you're just here listening. I want to pick up on verse 4. You know what? We're going to read from verse 1. Ready? When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priest stood, and to carry it, carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So Joshua, verse 4, called together the twelve men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of tribes of Israel, to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, What do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Lord, uh, before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. Father, speak to us in these few moments we have left today about passing on what you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. God the eternal creator of things too great for us to understand, things we can't even comprehend, the ever-expanding universe that we can't find the end to, yet he can count how many stars there are in it, the God who made everything, who somehow created something called a cell, that has smaller parts and even smaller parts, but some of them, they, somehow they work together and create something you and I call life. God who lives in unapproachable light, what is that? The living God, the one true God, His great, great orchestration for you and I to remember what He has done is the generation before us. That's his great plan. God's great who could create anything by saying it. His plan for your children is you. His plan that he put for the children of Israel, for them to remember the miracles that God has done was the generation before them. To set up something, to lift out, to put action into something that would be marked as a memorial. That was his great plan. That's his great plan for your kids, is you. What you pass on to them. So just briefly in the the next few minutes, just want to share two ways you can make sure you're setting up your kids to receive what God has done in your life. The first way is what happens at home. Very interesting. I'm the children's pastor here. I've been doing children's ministry since I was 12. That's a lot of puppet shows. That's why my voice gets like this sometimes where it doesn't sound too good. 38 years, 28 years of puppet shows. 
That's a lot of hairy time. My favorite puppet is our puppet named Harry. I've had him almost coming up on 20 years. We've done at least 100 shows or more a year. You can do the math on how many times Harry has shown his face. I was sitting in my office one day. I was working in Maui, and I had a very angry parent come and see me. They were not happy. See, they had a child who rode the bus to church, but he didn't come every week. He came maybe once a month or twice a month on the bus on Sunday. He would come to church. And invariably, he was my bus. I, he was on my bus route, and I would pick him up. And not every time, but there were a good number of times that I had to turn that bus around and drive him right home before he could get to church because I had regulations on my bus. He's not going to punch anyone on my bus. And invariably, he would lose his temper and punch somebody, another kid on the bus. All right, we're turning around again today. Let's go back home. His mom showed up. In my office, angry, she had had enough. And she sat down in my office and began to tell me how upset at me she was because I keep taking her son home. And then proceeded to tell me it was my job to make sure he has life skills. Because that's what I do. Now, mind you, I saw the kid a good 20 minutes to an hour once a week. Not even once a week, maybe twice a month. Where's he at the rest of the time? He's at home. Children are a product of their environment. Whatever they're like is what happens at home. You ever go to a a large store and you see a child freaking out? You ever see that? Makes my skin crawl. Because whatever they're getting away with there is what they're getting away with at home. It starts at home. What The way they act at the supermarket or wherever they are is the way they act at home. If it's not being taken care of at home, it's certainly going to happen when they leave the home. At home. Set up memorials to pass on at home. We have some, I'm, I'm not here to preach about my family, but I'm just going to communicate to you some of the things we do in my house. We don't have television in my house. Now, we have some TVs, and we watch some videos every once in a while that Kimmy and myself have prayed about. We don't have nightmares in my house. We don't allow them. We never have allowed them. We pray over our kids at night. We pray God's grace on them. One time we did have a nightmare. See, here's what happened. Somebody brought us a movie to watch, and it was a movie we wanted to watch, my wife and I. So we put the kids to bed. This is some time ago. Put the kids to bed. Put the movie in. Watch the movie. I didn't really like that. Did you like that? No. Okay, let's go to bed. Poof, my kid has a nightmare in the middle of the night. They wake up crying. 
The Holy Ghost said to me right then, throw that movie out. It wasn't even mine. I picked it up, walked to my back door, and chunked it as far as I could chunk it. We, we don't have that stuff in my house. We have rules in my house about obedience. We have secret codes. I'm going to give you a secret, cro- secret code. And if you'll do the secret code, the secret code works. We'll give instructions to our children. And if they didn't immediately respond, because delayed obedience is the same thing as disobedience. We don't count to 222, fast or slow. We don't hang out on 221, waiting for them to engage. See, my goal is that they'll hear God's voice and they'll immediately respond. God's not going to count to 222 for them. The code word in our house is maybe you didn't hear me. Because, see, they understand after going through it a couple times, they understand if they don't respond immediately when they hear us say, maybe you didn't hear me, their backside's going to start stinging right away. And they don't enjoy that. It's kind of uncomfortable. So we have this code word, maybe you didn't hear me. They know if they don't somehow figure out what Dad said, the next thing's coming. Something else we do in our house is my wife and I have rules of engagement with discipline. We don't discipline for something we didn't tell them they couldn't do. We don't discipline them just because they made us angry. That's not right. It's a personal problem. We don't discipline them because they wrote on the wall if we never told them don't write on the wall. We don't do that. And then we have, we have rules of engagement and discipline. My wife and I have formulated how severe is what. And we actually have like tiers, not tiers, like tiers, levels. At home, set up your kids to remember what the Lord has done at home. They're at home way more hours than they're here. The other way is to get them engaged at things at church. Get them down here. Drag them down here. Get them in the boys' club. Get them in the girls' club. Get them in the dance groups. If they can't obey long enough to make it through practice, well, then you got some homework to do. That's parents' homework to do. Did you know, I've got some little notes here. I want to challenge you. I'm going to read some, some just a, we're almost done here, but I want you to listen to this. When I was uh, eight years old, my mom set, uh, set me up for a surprise birthday party. Chuck E. Cheese. Anybody ever go to Chuck E. Cheese on the birthday? Whoa! Whoa! Look at that! I just wanted to see the band, man. I thought they were real. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? 
The band, man. And if the band didn't come out, it was a waste of a trip. I wanted Chucky to come out. It's a giant rat. But I loved it. I wanted him to come out and sing happy birthday to me. It didn't matter if his mouth didn't move or not. None of their they're Anyway, I was a kid. There's a, you got to have tokens. Did anybody ever get the Chuck E. Cheese tokens? I don't want no swiper card. I want the tokens, man. The gold tokens. You know, to a kid, those are real gold, man. I wanted the bag of tokens. So just for a moment, I, pre- I want you to pretend that you went to Chuck E. Cheese. You were given a bag of tokens. And those tokens, you, inside the bag was 8,760 tokens, man. Oh, man. Dude. Roll them all to infinity. That was my favorite one. Whack-a-mole to infinity. Any, any whackers here? Anybody whack them all? That's, event, that's inevitably you'll find the parents at whack a mole after about an hour. Just keep popping the coins in. I'm going to whack this mole till they're ready to go. 8,760. What if I told you you could take just 50 of them? Just 50 of your tokens, and you could change a kid's life. Would you take those 50 tokens out of 8,700? You could invest 50 Chuck E. Cheese tokens. Skip a game. You got 8,000-something more, 650 more games. But if you could invest 50 into a kid to change his life forever, that'd be a pretty good deal. Did you know 8,750 is how many hours you have in a year? That's how many hours you have. In one month, you have 730 hours in a month. Average American spends five hours a day watching TV. You know how many hours that is in a year? 1,825 in one year, watching TV. 50 of it could change a kid's life. Why do you say 50? Because those girls' ministries and those boys' ministries meet for one hour a week. You could invest one of your tokens a week into a kid's life. We could touch this valley if we could get enough help to touch the kids. Our hope, our goal is that we got enough leaders that it's one on three. We can't get there because there's a lot of people who won't give up their tokens. Four tokens a month. 700. You have 730 tokens in your hand a week. So do I. We all have the same amount. It would cost you one a week to invest in a boy or a girl. 
to help pass on what God's done in your life. I've done this a long time, and I know God's done something supernatural in my life. He's given me a supernatural love for kids. I cry over kids. That may not be you. I'm investing every token I can into kids. You don't have to do that. But I want to challenge you. One hour a week out of your whole life could see your son or your daughter right up here getting this done. One token, four times a month. That's not very much. It may not work in your schedule. I understand. I'm challenging you as the children's pastor. I want to see your kids, your sons and your daughters receive the highest honors. I want to know your kids read the whole Bible. How would you feel if your son or your daughter's up here and pronounced over them? They read the whole Bible. They memorized the 16 funnel. You want that? And so do I. My three sons are, well, they're gone now. They're vanished. I got a son right here. The other two are MIA. I got a son right here. I want to see him standing there getting every one of those Royal Ranger awards. I'm going to invest one token a week to see that happen. That's all it's going to cost me. The great thing is you, can, you get to stand before God. And what you did with your tokens, what you did with your time, your talent, and your treasure, you can get rewarded for in fact, he wants to reward you. God wants to reward you. Pastor Alex, if you'd come. God wants to reward you for what you did with your tokens. He's coming back. He's going to see what you did with your tokens. He even told a story about three guys who received tokens and what they did for them. And the one that didn't do anything with his tokens, he called them wicked and lazy. I am not going to be called wicked and lazy. I'm not going to do that. Maybe children's not your great gift. I don't think it's mine either. I'm just doing what I've been asked to do. And I keep getting asked to do puppet shows. So I'll do another puppet show. Can I do other things better than that? Absolutely. You got to see me eat chocolate truffles. (laughs) Nobody can put out truffles like I can. Yeah, there's things I can do better than that. But that's what I've been asked to do. And when I stand before God, I'm going to get rewarded for doing what I was asked to do with my tokens. What about you? You got several thousand left in this year. Four thousand something left. Maybe five. So do I. Miss Gina, Minister Trent. Mr. Trent's right over here. After service, they're going to be out there by the information desk. We go in series in our boys and girls ministries. We go in a series of four months, and then we have another awards time. And then we start up for another four months, three times a year. We don't even need you to serve for a year. How about just four months? You know how many tokens that is? Sixteen. Sixteen times you could walk in and meet with a group of kids and help them hear the Word of God. I'm going to take time to pray for our kids tonight. I just wanted to challenge you as to what it might really cost you. Put that out there for you. 
think about. Maybe you're leaving for the summer. Maybe in the fall you could help us. we got a great vision of seeing your kids serve God for a lifetime. We'd love to have your help doing it. Come on, let's stand together tonight. If you got your children there with you, why don't you take them, put your arms around them. If you're not a huggy family, you need to become a huggy family. We're a huggy family. That's why I come around and hug almost everybody else in this place. I probably make you feel weird. That's okay. I'm a huggy person. God's done a supernatural work in me. I used to hate people, wanted to hurt them as bad as I could. Now I just want to hug people. Amazing God. Pray for your kids tonight. Pray for your family tonight. Father, I thank you, God, for our time together. Thank you for our children. Oh, God, challenging us to invest those tokens in time into a home. To see more of those tokens spent on behalf of our children and our spouse at home. Turning off the TV. Turning on the family time. The interaction, the communication. The discipline when it's needed. God, help us to pass on in our homes, creating our homes an atmosphere where your presence lingers. God, help us as parents to create our home an environment that you feel welcome to. God, even right now, begin to speak to us of things just like the movie I threw out of my house to get bold and courageous. Creating our home as a place, peace, joy, the presence of the Holy Ghost in our home. Our children visited by your presence when they sleep at night. When they rise in the morning, they hear the songs of angels in their rooms. They sense you speaking to them. They hear your voice when they're sleeping at night. When they're going to school, they recognize your voice. Do something in our homes, oh God. Help us, oh God. Give us the way. Give us a strategy. See it come about. Help us, oh God, here as a body of believers and investing in our children, being a hero to them that we may never even know they're looking at us, but God, you're touching their heart and you're putting an imprint on their mind of a worshiper, a giver, someone that prays. God, I pray that you would stir us up as a body to touch this entire valley by investing in this next generation. Even to the... Even to an hour a week. God, help us. Help us to be a church that reaches into the lives of children in our community seeing them become all they can be in you. Hallelujah. You might be here tonight and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Today's your day. I don't want to leave this time together without giving you the opportunity to know Jesus. The Bible makes it clear He is coming back to this earth to take with Him all who are looking for Him. What does that mean? It means on the inside of you, there's a preparedness. There's a readiness. 
That only happens when Jesus is your Lord and your Savior, the ruler of your heart, the king of your life. You have to choose to make him that. The scary thing is when you see him in the sky, it's too late. You have to be prepared before he shows up in the clouds. Or it don't count. It only counts if you make him your Lord and Savior before he shows up. Tonight, I want to take time to lead you in prayer. If you need to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you want to start a brand new life, new creation in him, old things are gone, the new has come, right now is your moment. I'm going to lead you in a prayer right where you are. Maybe uh, you don't know if you would go to heaven if Jesus came in the clouds on your way home. You don't know if he'd take you with him. Then there's a conversation you need to have with Jesus. Only you can have. Start all over. Make him the Lord and Savior of your life. Do it tonight. Don't leave here today without knowing Jesus is your Lord and Savior. Let's take a moment to pray tonight as we're closing down. I want to invite you to bow your head with me and close your eyes. I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer. And the children's pastor, I pray simple prayers. And God hears me. I'm going to pray a simple prayer tonight, even a prayer that the children could pray with us. So all the boys and girls and all the big boys and girls, let's all pray together tonight. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I choose tonight to make your Son my Lord and Savior. I confess with my mouth. I believe in my heart. Jesus is Lord. You be the king of my life. You be my God. I'll be your child. Thank you for hearing my prayer. I start my new walk on this Sunday night. In your name I pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm going to pray a blessing over you. Our time's up tonight. Girls, make sure you see Miss Gina for your certificates. And if you've got an hour a week to help us invest in those kids, see those two out there in the lobby. Father, I bless this wonderful, awesome church, King's Chapel, Wasilla. An amazing body of believers. God, cause your face to shine upon them. Cause your goodness to be poured out upon them. We pray again for our pastors tonight. Bring them home safe this week. They'll be here Wednesday. Lord, bring them safe to us. We miss them. We thank you, God. Lord, I bless this crowd with joy and peace tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week. I'll see you at early morning prayer.